Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this, another episode of the Extra Point Podcast. Really glad you've tuned in today. My name's Todd Stiles. I'm one of the pastors at First Family. Today is Tuesday, February 13th, and I'm joined by the lead at our Carlisle campus, Ethan Woodward. Hi, Ethan. Hey, thanks for having me today, Todd. Yeah, I'm glad you're joining us on this episode. Ethan's going to help us answer some questions that came in in response to Sunday's uh, message and you know, topic, theme. We're rooted in Galatians 5. Uh, of course, our Carlisle campus, um, everything's live there. We just video our message, right. and it's, what, about an hour or so tape delayed, to use an old-fashioned word or so? <laughs> yep, but it we the way we work it, it seems like it's live and yeah. we flow with it all. Yeah, mm-hmm. the word tape, man, who knows what that is anymore, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> what is a tape? So we're going to talk about some questions that came in, both from our Carlisle campus mm-hmm. and here at the Ankeny campus. Uh, we are looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, it's in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 specifically. Uh, we looked at the context, of course, in week one, and we're taking one or two aspects of the Spirit's fruit, and then one of our elders is teaching on that each week. And so yesterday, uh, Mike Hartwig, one of our elders, taught on joy and peace. And so these are questions that have come in in response to that. I'm going to start with kind of a softball one for me and you. Is that okay, Ethan? Appreciate it. Let's yeah, we should take it easy. <laughs> home run on this one, I think, but... Uh, this listener writes, couldn't it also be that serving others, and then she defines, or he defines serving others with this way, taking action to regularly serve. Can that also help with depression? So let me give a little background, then I'll just have you answer it okay. pretty succinctly. Um, I think in Mike's message, he he kind of focused on the on Philippians 4, 4 to 7, uh, about rejoicing and how then as we rejoice, God gives us his peace as we think on the good things. And so there was a lot of tie in there between joy and peace. And his point was that we want to think about these things and then practice them kind of an obedience. And I think what she's saying now, or what he's saying in this question is, in addition to thinking and obeying, thinking the right things, doing the right things, the serving others also help with depression or, which is the opposite of rejoicing. Mm -hmm. So she's Mm -hmm. saying, could it be also true that serving others can help with depression? And what say you, my friend? <laughs> I The straight answer is yes. Very simple answer. And Mike Hartwig did a beautiful job yesterday in articulating this because he did say in part of his sermon, he used the acronym JOY, Jesus, others, and yourself. And when we think about that, it's about our priorities. And when we put others before ourselves, our focus isn't internally, but it's externally. And how do we put others before ourselves? And that then changes the lens in which we view and we think about the things that are going on in our lives. Even as we leave Galatians 5, we get into chapter 6. Interestingly, um, Paul there says to bear each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. So there's this idea of serving others, right. regularly being involved in meeting their needs. So yes, the answer, you're right. I think it definitely can. So good answer to that question. Uh, here's question number two. Uh, when I am joyful around depressed friends... It seems to make them worse. I think what they mean is it makes them feel more depressed. Okay. Uh, help me find that balance of walking with the Spirit and being compassionate. And I take it to mean walking in the Spirit, like she feels a great sense of joy and peace, but when she's around those who don't, she wants to have compassion towards them. So maybe some tactics or skills. Uh, let me just jump in here and mention one, then you can feed off that a little okay. bit. 
Um, it does seem like she's kind of reading the room pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I say she, mm-hmm. it may be a he, so whatever pronoun I use, <laughs> work with me there. But uh-huh. it does seem like they're reading the room pretty good, aware that perhaps there's a gap between what they're sensing and feeling, mm-hmm. which may be a lot of joy, a lot of uh, you know positivity, happiness, blessedness, whatever word you use there. Right. Then with someone who doesn't, um, I might say in that moment, even though they're reading the room well and aware there's a distance, um, maybe adjusting conversational skills in that moment would help so that there's less talk about yourself and how mm-hmm. great things are going. Right. Maybe more of a, 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 a focus on them and, hey, how are you doing? What's up? What's going on? I, I sense things aren't great. Um, I mean, in all frankness, Ethan, I think sometimes our joy can unintentionally come across as maybe a bit arrogant if we're not careful. Mm-hmm. A sense like, of pride. My yeah. life's going great. I'm mm-hmm. so happy today. And, and if we're around someone who's in the midst of a struggle, it can maybe unintentionally appear like we're unaware of that. So conversations shouldn't be focused on ourselves. It should be on them, asking questions about them. I think that's one thing that will help show compassion as her question asks. It's not the answer to everything. But being aware of that and letting that show in our words. Um, other other insight you may have on that? Absolutely. I think one of the things that, as I hear that question, I would lean into what is bringing you that joy and peace? What is it truly rooted in? Because when we look at scripture, it should be an overflow of our relationship with Christ. And so if our joy and peace is in God, then when we go into those situations, we should just be fully willing to trust and obey and lean into those and be uh, in the moment with those individuals. And while it may be uncomfortable or difficult, just know that God can use any of those situations. And it, But it is knowing the room well, but it's about being in a relationship with someone. It's being willing to walk through the trenches and just know that you love them. So maybe like direct questions or even addressing mm-hmm. the obvious, not pretending it isn't there. Absolutely. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that would be helpful. You know, one thing I want to encourage parents to do, and maybe I'll just take a lot of liberty here, is uh, <laughs> to your teenagers, I would encourage you to really teach, even before the teen years, teach them conversational skills. We used the idea of a ping pong match, that when someone speaks right. to you, mm-hmm. don't just suddenly take the ping pong ball and talk about yourself for the next 10 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, Answer the question or greet in return, then send the ping pong ball back with a question about them. Right. And sometimes, you know, in conversations, we don't return the ping pong ball, mm-hmm. even adults. Mm-hmm. You know, we it serves to us, it's served to us, and then we absorb it, dominate it. Right. Or let's say stories are being told and we suddenly grab the conversation and tell our story, which is always, you know, better, of course, right? Right. We try to one-up. Yeah. So uh-huh. I think some of these just basic conversational skills— could help this person in the moment when they sense, hey, I'm feeling deeply joyful. I'm very blessed. I'm, and yet here's someone who's not, instead of it being about you, let's make it more about them. Ask direct questions, address the obvious, keep the ping pong ball back and forth, maybe even more on their side. And as you're saying, maybe just ask, can we pray together now? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a relationship, like you said, with them. Can I, can something I can do to help you in the moment? Right. I don't know. Anything about spouses and couples, some of the things that we talk about is, restating what they say. And so when you're in those moments and you're, you're listening, it's making it very clear. Like, this is what I hear you saying. Is mm. that right? That's really because good. so often we, we think we hear something and then we totally misdirect it. And then that can lead to other things. And so if we're very intentional with just listening and communicating, it can really help the person going through whatever they're going through. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. Here's what I heard you saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So conversational skills and listening skills can show compassion. Absolutely. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. point. Question number three, 
little lengthy, so follow me here. Okay. But I love how this person brings to the service something that I think we all know exists, but we're not sure how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. This person says, we know that God sometimes calls us to endure really hard or painful times. Yet sometimes I struggle with this because it feels like, though I'm trusting God, I know his plan is best. I still have anxiety about the pain I might have when I'm enduring his plan. So do you have any advice, this person says? So I think what she's saying to us is, I do trust the Lord, but I still have anxiety as well. Like in these moments, I have these two conflicting emotions that coexist. Mm-hmm. I think that's an honest admission that all of us would say that happens. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. And I would say the first step is just to admit, right. you know what? I can hold conflicting emotions at the same time. Mm-hmm. We can. Now, we shouldn't let the wrong emotion rule, right? but neither should we pretend that we don't have both of these conflicting emotions. And so we want to think about how does the right emotion, and I, I could even say it like this, eventually win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So i got a couple of thoughts. Maybe you first here. What are, your, what are some of your first suggestions? She's asking for advice on this. Right. And I think the very first thing to do is to acknowledge and admit what what's going on, because we are in a culture where the culture says men can't be a certain way and women can't do this. And we need to be very upfront and just admit what's going on. But then we need to go to God's word and we need to see what does scripture say about this. And and so there's scripture examples of when Jesus uh, at different moments, as you said, we're holding two different emotions and it's what was the outcome or the result? What did he do in those situations that should also then lead us to dictate how do we respond, even though we may have two or three different emotions going on at one time? Yeah, then you mentioned Jesus. So let's think about probably his most pinnacle moment in which mm-hmm. he held conflicting emotions. It was in the garden, right? Right. When he prayed, Lord, let this cup pass from me. So that's a lot of humanity just right there revealed mm-hmm. for us to see. He was fully human. Right. And yet he said, not my will, but yours be done. So there's his divinity. Mm-hmm. I think that moment in the garden may actually be the most visible picture Maybe I could say verbal, but it's the most um, clear portrait of both natures of Christ in one place. You know, he was two natures in one. Right. So so visibly present. I mean, mm-hmm. asking God, is there another way? And yet knowing your will matters most. Right. Two conflicting emotions and what ruled at the end of the day was God's will. Absolutely. He trusted his mm-hmm. father. Even Hebrew says that. He trusted, you know, his father. So um, I think what we'd want to say to this person, like you said, is, um, let your faith and trust in God rule the day. Amen. And it may take some time, mm-hmm. acknowledge that they're both there, and then continue to step forward in faith. And I think any, to give a more even current example, I think any parent of a, you know, of, of their children who's going to be a missionary, mm-hmm. we've got some in our church, there, there's no doubt they hold two emotions. I don't want you to go. That's all. That's every human mother and father, right? right? Mm-hmm. Especially in our context, where you know we emphasize least access areas, closed countries, um, unreached language groups, where that's the case, and their child is going for a good 15, 20 years to plant a church where there's no gospel yet. Mm-hmm. There's no way that mom or dad's not feeling two conflicting emotions, right? And in the day, though, you're. You want the one that says God's mission matters most, and I'm glad for you. I'm proud of you, even though this hurts. Mm -hmm. That's what you want. But it takes time to get there, and I'm not sure if those two emotions ever go away. You just learn to make sure that 
the right one wins the day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that question. Point, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You get to a point of dependency because it's in those moments when you are, when you fully need to lean into God and he is going to provide. And in those moments, we have to truly, again, as Mike said, trust and obey no matter what. Mm. So let's just give a, a really good, clear answer. I think we've talked a lot about it, not that it wasn't helpful, but we'd say this, acknowledge the conflicting emotions yes, and then verbalize the one that needs to win. Yes. And mm-hmm. trust the Lord that he will move your emotions there in time. Yep. Um, there's an interesting verse in Proverbs that says this, commit your way unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? He's saying there, make a mental commitment to a certain direction, like the right way, and your feelings will catch up. Right. It's almost what he's saying, mm-hmm. I, and there's probably more <laughs> to that. But I think that maybe in this case, when you have two conflicting emotions, commit to the right path, right. and your emotions will catch up when you're trusting the Lord. Amen. Um, let's go to our last question. Okay. It's a little more textual in nature, um, and I'm looking forward to just kind of digging out on this one. Um we looked at Romans 14, verses 15 through 17, as a uh, pre-meal verse yesterday. Uh-huh. I think we called it an appetizer. <laughs> uh-huh. What I was trying to do in that verse is show that the uh, fruit of joy and peace, they are connected in other places in the Bible as well, not just in Galatians 5, but here in Romans 14, they're linked together to the Holy Spirit. I was just showing that as a brief way. And this person asks... In Romans 14, 15 through 17, is righteousness also connected to joy and peace? So since I kind of mentioned this first in my introduction to Mike's message, let me just answer it by saying this. Yes, it is linked to the Holy Spirit, righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's listed in the verse. We couldn't say no to that. And maybe it'd be good for this listener to know I wasn't trying to leave out righteousness. I wasn't <laughs> even trying to explain the verse. I just wanted them to see this one simple reference where joy and peace are together linked to the Holy Spirit as they are in Galatians 5. But I love this question because the the verse in context shows me something, that it's not just joy and peace, it's also righteousness. And in the context of this passage, um, we get the explanation in verse 18, in which, here's the phrase in verse 18, Ethan. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes this, when you serve in this way. Mm-hmm. So the phrase in this way is referring to righteousness, joy and peace that are in the Spirit, being the the manner in which we serve someone, which would be tantamount in the t- in the context to loving our neighbor or loving the right. one, mm-hmm. not just um, trying to get our way. You know, the kingdom of God is not by eating and drinking, right? But right. about loving each other, mm-hmm. serving each other. So he's saying, when you serve in this manner, when you when you serve another person in righteousness, in peace, and in joy with the Holy Spirit, like that's godlike. So this word righteousness is actually just um, the word for right acts. So it is true that sometimes in Scripture the word righteousness refers to Christ's righteousness, which clothes us and makes us justified. In this case, that's not what this refers to. This is referring to right acts produced by the Holy Spirit, just as the Holy Spirit produces the right emotions, like joy, Uh or you could use the word perspective, um, and with peace, the right contentment. So all of this is done by the Spirit. So when we serve each other, we're uh, in what can we say it like this? In what power and whose power are we serving? It's the spirits. And he's the Amen. one who empowers right acts, right perspectives, and right feelings and um, you know, right emotions. It's all from the spirit. So I want to say to this listener, yes, righteousness is connected to joy and peace, and they're all three empowered by the spirit 
in serving others. So uh, anything you want to add to that? No, I think you knocked that one out of the part. That <laughs> well, was beautiful. Um, yeah, I just appreciate the question. And uh, I love the way that I'm sure they're wondering, like, you didn't mention this word. Why not? And it was just because the theme of the day was joy and peace. But yep. in the verse, righteousness is no doubt connected. Aren't you glad that all three are from the Holy Spirit? Amen. Absolutely. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. So four questions that we answered today. Ethan, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, you've been here since when, uh, was that a year ago or so? A year ago, last January, I came on board and have been down in the Carlisle campus ever since then and love every moment of it. Yeah. Up and to the right, I know you're doing a great job there, uh, functionally serving as one of our shepherds there, uh, directing things, handling all the contextualization of our ministries, and yet keeping a lot of the you know, non-negotiables, very constant. So it's First Family Church Carlisle, First Family Church Ankeny. Looking forward to our Granger campus coming this fall. I uh, love the unofficial work happening in Guttenberg. So you're kind of part of that team that's kind of branching out from us. And man, love having you on board. Hope to have you on more podcasts as well. Thanks for leaning in with me to these four questions today. Thanks for having me, Todd. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Extra Point Podcast. To find more content and resources to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus, go online to firstfamily.church resources.